Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Glory to God who has given us salvation in his Son, Jesus Christ. Glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. We continue to celebrate in the joy of the resurrection of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Have you ever seen a little boy or a little girl when they've let go of the string accidentally to their helium balloon? That face on them as it goes further and further away and their first realization that there are times in this life when things go wrong and there's nothing you can do about it. And they'll sometimes try to climb through the air or turn and say, Dad, my balloon! Like the dad will say, I'll be right back. <laughs> the fact is, it's, it's gone. And there's no way that that child or any of us can attain to that balloon. It truly is out of our hands and gone forever. Well, in one sense, this is what the fall of humanity is like. We were created to be in right relationship with God, for God to be our Father and for we to be his children, to walk hand in hand with our Creator. But when we introduce sin into the world and its consequence, death, we fell out of right relationship with God. And we could no longer attain to God, just like that balloon, infinitely soaring high above the child. No way for that child to get to that balloon. So there is no way for us when we are out of right relationship with God, to get to God. Nothing we can do can earn our way back to God. And so God comes to us in the person of Jesus Christ, and we celebrate this great mystery that God has not abandoned us to sin and death that he has come into this world. And for one reason does he come. Because he loves you. And he loves me. Just as the father who sees the balloon rise out of the grasp of the child desperately wants to bring new joy to that child, so your father in heaven desires to bring joy to you. And so, since we could not come to him, he comes to us. That's the first thing our God overcomes. We couldn't get to him, so he comes to us in the person of Jesus. Then secondly, he confronts sin. First, we fell out of right relationship, so he takes care of that by becoming one of us in Jesus. And then the second thing is by falling out of right relationship with God, we have introduced sin into the world. 
And so he comes himself to confront sin in the flesh, even going to the cross. Even going to the cross. He confronts sin. And he has the victory. This is what he means when he says, it is finished. It is accomplished. I have done it. They could not attain to me, so I came to them. They introduced sin in this world, and I have confronted sin. And then on the third day, he rises in victory over the third thing, death. He rises in victory that he might live forever. And death has no power over him. So what is the resurrection of Jesus Christ like? Well, we know, number one, that it was a bodily resurrection. It wasn't like the apostles were sad, and they said, you know, we should really cheer up. After all, it's springtime, and the flowers are coming out, and, you know, it really makes us feel like Jesus is back, right? That's not what the gospel proclaims. It was a bodily resurrection. It says in Matthew 28, 1-7, Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat upon it. His appearance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. The glow from him was a little bit like when the lights bounce off the top of my head, if that helps you to get the image. Then the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. So this was no spiritual resurrection. This is a bodily resurrection. The body that was conceived and born of the Virgin Mary, the body which hung upon the cross confronting the sin of the world, is the same body that is raised from the dead. The tomb is empty. You seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. So the tomb is empty. Secondly, in John chapter 20, we see the story of doubting Thomas. Then Jesus said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. Put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not be faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. And so not only is the tomb empty, but Jesus shows to them his wounds to identify himself, the risen Christ, as the very same who died on the cross. Put your fingers into the marks. Does anyone know the only man-made things in heaven? The wounds of Jesus. They're the only man-made things in heaven. 
and he retained those wounds to identify himself to us. Yes, believe, I am he who died for thee. In Luke 24, it says, And as they were saying this, Jesus himself, that is the risen Christ, stood among them. But they were startled and frightened and supposed that they have seen a ghost. So the risen Christ appears to them, and they think, we've seen a ghost. Right? Who are you going to call, right? <laughs> and Jesus says to them, why are you troubled, and why do questionings rise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see for a ghost has not flesh and bones, as you see that I do. So the tomb is empty. He says to Thomas, reach out your hand, put it into my side. And we see here that he says clearly, I am not a ghost, for a ghost has not flesh and bones as I do. And then the next uh, verse, it says, and while they were still disbelieving for joy and wondered, he said to them, have you anything here to eat? Now, this is good news for me. So even after the resurrection, we can eat if we want. Right? Praise God. Right? We don't have to eat, but we can. And it said he had a piece of broiled fish, so apparently you still have to eat healthy. And they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it, and he ate it before them. So it is a bodily resurrection. You know when people say Jesus came to save your soul? That's only a half-truth. He came to save all of you. He doesn't say to sin and to death and to the devil, all right, you did a pretty good job here. I'll tell you what, we'll split it 50-50. I'll win their souls back and you get to keep their bodies in the graves forever. Jesus doesn't compromise with the devil. He doesn't negotiate with the ultimate terrorist, right? Jesus comes to win you back, body and soul, just as he created you. Because you are a creation of God the Father. You were fearfully and wonderfully made, the psalm tells us, in the womb. God molded you and fashioned you. And he created you in his image and likeness out of his love for you. So the body as well as the soul is created by God, the Father out of love, right? And the body as well as the soul has been baptized into the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and has been fed and nourished with the life-giving body and blood of Jesus. One of the earliest church fathers, St. Ignatius of Antioch, said that Holy Communion is the medicine of immortality. We feed on him now that we may one day be raised in a resurrection like his. And our bodies, as well as our souls, the scriptures tell us, are temples of the Holy Spirit. So we are living temples. So our bodies are not something to be discarded or forgotten about. Our bodies as well as our souls are saved by God in the person of Jesus Christ, and they shall be raised in a resurrection like his. But we also know that although it is this body that shall be raised, 
we also know that this body will be radically changed. Paul tells us that this body, while it is this body that will be raised, and one day our tombs shall be empty, as the Lord's tomb is empty, that this body is like but a kernel, a seed, a kernel, like Colonel Sanders. No, I'm kidding. Like a kernel of what will be. And so it's radically changed. It says in Romans 6, verse 9, For we know that Christ being raised from the dead will, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. Resurrection is not resuscitation. Right? Resurrection is not resuscitation. Sarah, come here. Okay. You know who Mr. Spock is? All right, the Vulcan death grip. All right, poor Sarah's dead. If I resuscitate her, she comes back, right? That's resuscitation. Sarah, does this hurt? Ow. Ow. Good girl, you're doing great, right? This is my daughter, by the way, for those of you who don't know and think that I'm just abusing random children, right? See, she's still subject to pain. Vulcan death grip. She's still subject to death. Rise again. All right, go back to your seat. You've had a rough day. Okay? See, that's resuscitation. Jesus isn't resuscitated. Jesus is resurrected. He doesn't come back to live his life subject to suffering and death. He comes back and is raised in victory over suffering and death. He is the final word in this world. And his word is life and salvation. And that is what he offers to each and every one of us. Now, I have a longer sermon here, but I know some of you are new to our church and you're not used to my very long sermons. So I'm going to show you mercy. My, my wife clapped. You'll have to listen to part two later today. <laughs> yes, it is the body that is raised, but the body is changed. When you are called forth from the tomb, in one sense, Lazarus was, was resuscitated, right? He came back to live life. He was still subject to sin, suffering, and death, and he died again. But there's that wonderful word that Jesus says when he calls him forth that is a foreshadowing of the resurrection on the last day. And he says when he calls the, him forth, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus comes forth. And he says to the people, unbind him and let him go. This is a foreshadowing of when our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the victor over sin, suffering, and death, returns in glory, he shall call us forth from the grave. He shall call us by name and say, come forth. And we shall come forth. And then he shall say to the angels, Unbind them and let them go. Give glory to God. Because death, sin, they are no longer the final word over you. Life and salvation in Jesus Christ is the final word in this world. Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia.